This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds. Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm Joanna Everything Krupnik. And I'm Brian on program, Plofsky. And we're so happy you couldn't change much in your government-issued apartment to be with us today. Because today in the Nerdverse, we are making sunsets that we will never see to give you our immediate reactions to episode 10 of Andor on Disney+. Some housekeeping. Be sure to head to our feed and check out all of our past episodes where we have been covering every episode of Andor so far. You guys, this show is so good. And that's not all. We've just finished our coverage of Tales of the Jedi, House of the Dragon, The Rings of Power, and She-Hulk. Those and all of our other episodes, and there are tons, are waiting there just for you, all on our feed. And a friendly reminder, well, lately we've been putting out some episodes where we mash up multiple shows into one. Um, there's just been so much content. So we put everything in our show notes so you can skip around and listen to the things that you care about. Um, and we, yeah, we hope to cover stuff that you're interested in. So we hope you find something in all of our episodes. (laughs) Yeah. And you may be thinking like, how can I keep up with all of this? Well, it's easy. Just be sure to subscribe to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple podcasts. And then as Joanna has mentioned previously, check out those bullet points. We have all of the timestamps in there for the things that we're talking about. And you can also follow us along on the social media train, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at the Nerdverse Pod. Um, fantastic. And now it's time for the Nerdverse Nerd News. What call is shouting? Okay, Joanna, what do you what breaking news in the Nerdverse do you have for us? Well, I personally am super excited that about the acolyte stuff we've uh, heard about. Yeah. The the Acolyte will be on Disney Plus. It's a Star Wars series, and the cast has been released. But more importantly, I know the director, Leslie Headland. She's a family friend. Wait, really? And I totally forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot she was part of this. And she's she's directed some other like really cool stuff. Um, but I am just thrilled that she's getting to do something in the Star Wars universe. I have I've lost a little bit of touch with her, but I don't know. I'm just that's like a real hometown hero, real exciting thing that I that I remembered when I saw that cast was revealed. That's super cool. Like, where do you first of all? I love this cast, but where do you sit with this TV show? Like, what what is like? How high is this on your excitement list? Um, I, honestly, I, I don't know much about it, but after Andor being so good. With a really incredible director, um, now I am like, wait, this could be another gem that I'm just not expecting because I didn't expect Andor. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited because Leslie is not, uh, you know, there's not gimmicks in her stuff. It's it's she does really indie sh- stuff. She's written plays like it's, um, all over the place, but it's not 
a franchise. So, I mean, her stuff is not in base and franchise. So, I don't know. I think, I think this could be really good. But I don't know much about it. Do you? So, my understanding is that it's just taking place during, like, the end of the High Republic era, which I'm super excited that we'll actually get to see in live action. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, it stars Amanda Stenberg, Lee Jung-jae is in this uh, from... Um, he was the only name I recognize, I think. Manny Jacinto, who was in The Good Place. Daphne Keene. Yeah, which I didn't finish. Who is um, uh, in Logan. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen uh, that. I just yeah. don't remember. Um, Carrie Ann Moss, Matrix. Oh, of course. Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. yes. She's um, she's the big thing. Yeah. Joni Turner-Smith. There's a lot of really, Rebecca Henderson, there's a lot of cool people in this. Um, but uh, I'm super, super excited for... Whatever this is, especially after the excitement of Andor, for sure. I know. I hope people are watching Andor. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and then uh, next up, uh, we had some uh, Venom 3, if we're talking directors. Uh, Venom 3 is officially going to be helmed by Kelly Marcel, who wrote and produced uh, Venom 1 and 2. Uh, so I'm excited to see what we have in store for that. Andy Circus is not returning for this third one. Uh, speaking of, you know, Andor stuff. So we'll go from there and see what's what. Are you excited about Venom 3? No. Okay. Yeah, and me neither. Um, but <clears throat> he has a great time doing it. You know? I enjoy watching Tom Hardy. I enjoy the fun relationship between Tom Hardy and Venom in these movies. I do not enjoy the movies. Yeah. I also have nothing riding on it, so, like, light me up. Just, yeah. if it's bad, it's bad. It's, you know, it's, uh, I had a good time at the other two movies, but. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested. But we're not really expecting that till like, 2024. So, again, I'll be a 1,000 years old by the time it comes out. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good at least that there's consistency in the in – the, uh, Absolutely. The, in Kelly. Yeah. Um, but that makes a total sense why you would feel that way. Um, but what I'll also say is that a lot of Dis- – we're speaking a little bit about Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus uh, added some dates for things that are coming out at least in uh, you know at the end of this year – um, mm-hmm. what I'm excited for, super excited for is that the, um, national treasure edge of history TV show that I talked about previously comes out on December 14th. So I'm super excited for that. And apparently I read that, um, Nicholas Cage has the script for another national treasure movie in front of him right now. So I would love to get my, uh, my eyeballs around one of those. And then um, apparently they're making a Night at the Museum um, movie that's animated um, on the show on, on Disney. So Plus, this so. is all Sean Levy, right? Uh, yeah. Um, the Night at the Museum movies. Yeah. He was part of that, which leads us into him maybe getting his grip on a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. He's directing Deadpool three. He did free guy. He did the United museum, the Adam project, real steel. Um, so I'm, and he, and some stranger things episodes, some stranger things. Yeah. Um, so that'll be From interesting. This season. Yeah. That'll be interesting because quite frankly, like I feel like the Star Wars movies coming are totally up in the air. There's supposedly Taika Waititi ones. There's Ryan Johnson ones. I know. There's, um, um, What's his name? Um, Damien Lindelof, you know, might be directing ones yep. or writing ones. And now we have Sean Levy in the mix. So I'm I'm very interested to see um, what actually happens. 
I know. I mean, we haven't gotten a Star Wars movie in so long, it feels like. Yeah. Even though well, it wasn't that long. Since ago, Rise but. of the Resist. No, that's the ride. Since Rise of Rise of Skywalker or whatever that Skywalker. terrible movie is called. Um, Which, yeah, everything, time is weird after the pandemic, but it feels like it's been so long and it's yeah. so precious to make a Star Wars movie. So. But it's also so long since we've been satisfied by a Star Wars movie. Right. Uh, some some more recently than others because yes. you know I like Rogue One, <laughs> totally. and I like uh, Force Awakens. Oh no, but. Rogue One in theaters was very satisfying to me. Okay. Anyway, that that's you know that's neither here nor there. Adam but, Lash does not like Rogue One, but I'm not going to hold it but, against him. For but I to also fix it. don't. I also don't like Rogue One. I know you don't like Rogue One, but I've told you that I understand and totally yeah. think you're crazy for not liking Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's totally fine. Um, and then the last thing is um, Legends came out on Disney Plus um, right. for Black Panther stuff. So it's it's um, Black Panther, Shuri, and um, the Dorbelage. Um, and um, I watched all. You doing movies. a Black Panther um, rewatch before yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, we, wa- we watched it last night. <gasps> nice. Yeah. As good as you remember, or yeah. like, where are your um, thoughts? Was it sad sure. to watch it? Uh, no, it was more sad to watch the legend stuff than it was actually mm. to watch Black Panther. However, Black Panther is just as good as I remember it. Act three is a little weaker than I remembered it. Um, at least like you know the Marvel fight stuff. Um, but it really redeems itself at the end with everything with Killmonger and and and. Uh, and the, the the special effects aren't as good at the end as I remembered, but um, still an ex. I mean, still one of the best MCU movies. Mm-hmm. This is all just nitpicky stuff because it's spectacular, and I'm so excited for Wakanda Forever. Uh, and if you're a listener, don't worry, we're gonna get our Wakanda Forever episode out um, on Friday, so it'll be there yeah. when you're ready for it. Um, fantastic. So, uh, Joanna, have you done a Black Panther rewatch? Um, about to, I think we're going to do it tonight or have it on tomorrow while I'm working. Um, we love to gear up when there's a new movie in theaters for the MCU. Um, but with the election, we got a little sidetracked today. We were supposed to do it today. So no, it's yes, we're absolutely tonight or tomorrow. It's happening, but the crown also just came out. So that has some top billing as well, but either way it will happen. Yes. Cool. I think that sounds great. I mean, as long as you're watching it beforehand. Yeah, and it gets me hyped. I mean, I'm so hyped already. But um, it's just, I'm just like, I'm like closing my eyes and like dipping my toe to get ready to watch just because I know I'm going to get really sad because Chadwick, but it'll be worth it just just to to get into the world, get back to Wakanda, all that. And like, and I miss Martin Freeman. I mean, let's be real. He's like, I'm so excited to see him. My, you know, I love him. I know you love him so much. I'm just excited. My expectations for this movie are very high. Very high. Mine too. Because the last couple of Marvel movies have not really been home runs. And I am very much looking forward to something that A, gets us back on track. And B, allows us to kind of transition into um, phase five. Yeah. And just a great it's movie really, overall. Yeah, it's I don't think Ryan Coogler like I don't think this movie is going to be bad. And no. I know that that's crazy. Uh, that's just really high expectations. I just think it's either going to be really good or it's going to be 
so good. Yes. Um, I just don't think it can be bad. I don't think he'd let it be bad. I think they've had a lot of time to work on it. Mm-hmm. They've done a whole rewrite, basically, because it was going to be something totally different yeah. long, long, long time ago. So, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, because I, I, you know, I thought Thor would be amazing. I thought Strange would be amazing, and they were all very enjoyable. Um, sure. But it's been a long time since we've seen, like, a banger in theaters for the MCU. I think I would put an asterisk next to No Way Home. Because it's right. great, but like the last great true MCU movie, I I'd have to look at like the list, but I think it's Shang Chi. I absolutely agree. Spider Man No Way Home was a fantastic experience, one thousand percent. Does it hold up as a movie that you just return to and return to? That I don't know, because it was all about. It was, you know what it was about. And I don't think you can necessarily recreate that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets its own category for me. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. Yeah. So Shang-Chi for me was definitely the last good MC movie that really, like, I guess I had no expectations because we didn't even know who he was. But um, it's been a slight letdown, I think, with every movie since. Yeah, because go, going backwards, just movies. I'm only talking movies. So most recently was Thor Love and Thunder. Before that was Doctor Strange. Before that was No Way Home. Before that was Eternals. And then, yes, before that was Shang-Chi. I, I, I would yeah. argue that Shang-Chi was the last truly great pure MCU movie. Yeah. Oh, man. I I got to tell you, though. If Wakanda Forever for some reason isn't good, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, be. I don't, I'm not going down I, this, but like, there's major problems going on if this movie's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't, I, I just don't think, I think it will be good. Okay, from your mouth, yeah, to Kevin Feige's ears, <laughs> to Kevin K E V I N. Um, cool. So. Should we uh, head into Nerdverse Customs? Let's do it. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Let me see your identification. This week, we're heading into the Star Wars sector of the Nerdverse. Brian, here's my passport. It's got seven. Okay. And they are stretcher droids. Okay. (laughs) The uh, cutest I have... droid of this episode. <laughs> Adorable. I have nine uh, arm floaties for, for Keith. Oh. Brian, I have a very important question for you that I think I now need to just ask everyone that I know ever before we even have a relationship as friends. Mm-hmm. Can you swim? Yes, I can swim. <sighs> can you swim? I think it's I think it's a prerequisite now. I can't afford to be anywhere where it's a life or death situation and that's the thing that foils you can you so i'm glad to know that you can swim i can swim yes yeah so i mean i don't know i don't know how i mean i i would have that jump has me scared that's a deep that's a big jump but the um but you'd be scared but you'd you'd do it because that's your only way out yes life or death absolutely and the adrenaline and all there's only one Um, way out joanna there's only one way out. And also, 
that my god the uh the endurance required once you start to swim i can't even but yes okay good you can swim um should i do well overall thoughts of this episode super vague can i just share a few yeah of course this show is just really uh, this was such a good episode yeah i yes. think i think that this episode is not only the best episode of this show so far and it's already spectacular it may be it's gonna be this episode is probably my top 10 episodes of this year absolutely like you know he's gonna get out and you think he'll get out and it'll be cool we'll get to see it but it's just so much cooler than i imagined and like you know there's gonna be a luthan speech eventually but it's so good and you love it and that speech at the end the everything speech as we'll call it yeah is so spectacularly written and delivered, but yes. mostly because the Luthen character, as we have seen, is a hyper self-aware person. He, yes. Uh, and, and so him being able to articulately and beautifully express what he's giving up, what he is, mm. you know, uh, what he is sacrificing for the rebellion is something he's absolutely thought of before. He's very self-aware. Yeah, he's not bullshitting this no. moment. And I really appreciated, one, his ability to be self-aware like that, but two, also be able to keep his cool because like, he straight up lies to the guy yeah. when he's like, oh no, we turned it down. We, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't a part of Aldani. Like, he's yeah. still lying to his contacts internally just in case. And I, I just like absolutely loved and dug that. Yeah, it's probably the most naked we have or will ever see of that character. Yeah, and he had to pull it out now because he had to pull out his nakedness now. Yeah, he had to whip it out. He had to whip it out, whip it good, because he can't lose this contact. He just can't. It's also, like, just to see what happens in this story when 5,000 people are fed up with the Empire— And they're not wizards or a Jedi. Like this is just people fed up with the empire. And and you, I forgot that like, Oh, right. There's a whole different version of this that not that they would have ever made, but just another story like this where you have a little bit more on your side in terms of manpower, like a Jedi. Totally. And this is just people. They don't have magical powers. Not only that, but speaking of Jedi, this show has put humanity, I know this is a very like big thing to say, but it's put humanity back in Star Wars. We're not burying emotion and like watching Jedi, you know, hold it in and like stifle impulses. Like this is just raw, just good storytelling. And again, yeah, this episode has two incredible speeches and it, this show makes its mark with the words, the music, and, like, subtle cinematography. It's got great set pieces, and it's got detail and everything, but, oh, the show is just, you know, if you're going to make audiences sit through, which I think this 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 probably why this show would be an awesome binge. If you're going to make audiences sit patiently through these like mini arcs, uh-huh. knowing that they're not going to get the resolution until a couple weeks go by. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
you really can't mess up the finale. And I think every time we've gotten these mini climax finales, you know, we have Ferrix, then we have Aldani, and then this Narkina 5, they've killed it. They have not missed. Yeah, So at all. It's just, it's in great hands. I don't know. This show is so good. It's so good. It's so well written. It's so well paced. It's layered. Every time you think that you've hit the cap of how layered it can be, they add another, another dynamic yeah. to it. Like the redheaded guy with the mustache being his inside man. But not only is he his inside man, he's groomed him to get a job and like work his way through Lonnie. the ranks. Which is, yeah. sorry, what'd you say? Lonnie. Lonnie, yeah. The character's name. And not only, it, and it, none of these twists, none of these twisty turns feel put on. They all feel natural within the story. The fact that Belle is her cousin in the most previous episode, that felt very, that rang true to me. Same thing with Lonnie being, you know, the rat, the mole, but he was placed there, felt very true to me. It did not feel put on just for like a Star Wars twist. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Should I do a mini synopsis and then we can talk about it? Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, I'll keep it quick. Um... Narkina 5. So we start. So Cassian decides it's time to enact their plan. Kino preps them all. This is basically a suicide run, but nobody's getting out, so what do you want to do? Um, meanwhile, the rebels take the bait with the ship. Mon has a meeting with Davos Skolden, who wants a favor rather than money in return. Specifically, he wants to align his son with her daughter. Uh, Mon refuses. Back on Arkina 5, the new prisoner is brought in. Andor starts the plan. The time, um, this time, it the group just goes on full attacks. They've got weapons, water, floods, short-circuiting abounds, exits are made possible. And after taking over the base, the hydroelectric power is completely shut down. Kino takes to the comms, pleads all the prisoners, and sends a message that this is their chance. The guards are outnumbered. The prisoners break free and have no choice but to swim. Kino cannot swim. Then Luthen communicates with a mole who we learn is Lonnie. Lonnie tells him that Miro is getting closer to the plans of the rebels. Luthen decides that a big sacrifice is worth taking to keep Lonnie where he is, despite him wanting to get out of the game. Uh, and then as the episode closes, we see Andor uh, and his friend Melchi. Is that Melchi? Uh, they've made it to dry land and they make a run for it. So great episode. I mean, that's a really, you know, sparse synopsis, but like this episode is packed yeah. with action. Um, uh, Andy Serkis is my MVP for this episode. And I'm Absolutely. very, so a couple things that we want to talk about Kino one, we didn't see him die. We didn't see him drown. He's he, so he's still alive in my eyes. Um, that's true. I was going to say that I was like, we're going to lose Kino in this. Like, this is when I, I knew that, that this to, plan was. Yeah. Yeah. But what I didn't see, again, because this show was like, you know, this is going to happen. You know, this is going to happen. You know, but again, the execution, the fact that it's mm -hmm. not he gets hit with a blaster or he's like, I'm falling. You guys go step on me to get out. Like, you, first of all, OK, now I'm thinking more. Do you think that he knew it was going to end with this? Yes, Absolutely. So, so that so it's not so much that he forgot. I mean, I that's what I thought, but I was wondering. And then I started being like, did he get up there and be like, oh, fuck, I can't swim? No, <laughs> everything, every single reason why he. So 
So let's take a step back. To me, Kino was semi-brainwashed. You know, he's just in there. He's counting the days. He's putting in his time and his energy to try and get out. Once it is officially confirmed that he can never get out, I think part of the reason he's... And so during this episode, we just think that it's kind of the struggle of like, who am I and all and and what have I become like and and the fact that he's been like working for the empire for so long and kind of bought into their system and now he's upset about this oppression obviously however mm-hmm. i think the secret that andy circus as an actor is holding on to that we don't learn until that moment is that he can't swim so escaping for him it's not about escaping for him that's why he says there's one way out together yeah. and you know and and so He's building upon that. You know, you can interpret that that there's one way out. It's together helping each other or there's one way out going up and swimming out. And he can't complete that. He knows he can't complete that. He's doing that for everybody else. And I think that makes this episode super effective. But also when he got up there and Andor's like, I can't hear you. What's wrong? Like, come on, let's go, Kino. And the second before he said he can't swim, like my heart dropped. And I even said out loud before he said it to Jamie, like, oh, no, he can't swim. And then, you did? Oh, yeah, totally. And then that whole sequence between everybody rushing out, Andy Serkis standing there being afraid and saying he can't swim with those those very emotive eyes. Um, and then Andor not being able to hear him. And then Andor getting pummeled by another prisoner and falling yeah. backwards into that. That whole sequence was more was a more effective loss of a character, even though we didn't see him die was one yeah. of the most effective losses of characters in the entire Star Wars canon. Hot Absolutely. Time. Yeah, I think I think when he gets up there and he looks down, I think that's because immediately you think like, oh, I hope these people can swim. So yeah, it was more like, oh my God, it was so, it was so gutting. I will, like the, the sort of detailed person in my, or the really naive and, uh, optimistic person in my brain is like, okay, wait, well, let's think about this. He could jump and tell someone next to him, I can't swim. So please jump after me and go get me, pull me up and teach me how to swim Yeah, as well, we go. Because <laughs> so, we have a lot of ocean that you can teach me. Totally. But here's the thing. That's what was sad about it because Andor would have done that for him. Andor yeah. and Melchi would have absolutely like help figured him. it out. Ab- yeah. They would have 100% figured it out, even if it slowed them down. No question. Like that's just who those two people um, want to do that. You know what I mean? Like those are the two, they, that would be 100% in their wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh, God, it's just so sad. Um, and I think, yeah, him getting pushed over, that's how he didn't get a chance to do that because otherwise you're right. He would have stayed Absolutely. forever. Totally. Or he probably would have gone down too and just been like, all right, I'll stay with you. Yeah, um, I, I wonder what happened to him. I, well, maybe we'll find I'm, out. I like the idea of that. What did you say? I said, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. So another part of the speech that was just powerful to me was like, just like Andor, just like Cassian will do in Rogue One with Jin, he, the the arc of Cassian, this whole show, he's so solitary. He's so about himself this entire time and this these like last couple episodes are that he's finally being part of a team and he's gaining this incredible sense of leadership and again he doesn't want to make the speech he wants Kino to make the speech yeah he like lets Jin make the speech and 
but it has to be him because again, those people parrot his lines back. Mm. Rebellions are built on hope. And you know, the thing about, uh, uh, I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. So it's just this beautiful symmetry of him knowing who needs to make the speech. And again, they don't even know who Kino is and they wouldn't be able to tell it was him anyway because he's got the voice masking on. Totally. It's not about that. Right. It's about the words that he knows will be what move people. Absolutely. That's a really, really excellent point that he's more of a facilitator than he, but he, he knows exactly who to, needs to make the speeches in order to get people to do stuff. Yeah. And I think now he's like, now I think we're going to see the and or the team and team member and or leadership and or them going forward. I think post this. Sure. Cause this was a huge display of, I don't know, putting his stuff aside and like working as a team and, and just, and, and having nothing but people's belief in him and use of rhetoric to get them out. Um, yeah, and all oh. these pieces that we're building towards Andor becoming an important part of the rebellion makes sense. I feel like a lesser show would have been like, oh, he, uh, you know, he he did Aldani and the kid died and now he's like in it to win it. But like, no, that's not just going to change who he is. It's got to be right. multiple important tentpole moments in his life that kind of raise the tent that is him wanting to invest deeply in the rebellion. So you have exactly you have A, what happened to him on Ferrix. You have B, what happened to him on Aldani. And now you have C, what happened to him actually in the imperial prison system. Um, and and those three things plus whatever comes next in these next two episodes is going to lock him in in a more um intense way and i know that we've talked about season two is now going to be the next four years leading up to a new hope um and rogue one and you know i'm sure we'll see some of the bigger things that kind of solidify his position within the rebellion there as well um yeah and something else i'd like to add he does make that comment you know whatever we're building here i i don't know if we'll ever know nor do we have to know but like it just seems thematically fitting that he'd be helping to build the death star yeah, I think it definitely – I think I heard an interview with Tony Gilroy too and he was like, you know, as as they're building pieces for the Death Star, I think that the important thing is that it doesn't matter. But right. what's cool is that it's the Death Star. Um, I think that, that that makes a really nice – that makes more symmetry in Rogue One where he – the minute he hears about this planet killer, he's like – or star killer or whatever they call it, planet killer. He, he believes it because he probably thinks back to his time and he's like, no, I mean, that's probably what the F we were building. Totally. That time. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the poetry of I helped build it and now I'm helping destroy it. Ugh. Also, I really loved like, as the episodes start, first of all, I was like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole episode and I was Same. just like, I love this as it's going. Just, oh, I love it. I also felt really good because you know that classic thing where like when they tell you the plan, they never, they'll never show it to you or it won't go as planned. Mm-hmm. But if they don't tell you the plan, it'll go as planned and totally. it'll be great. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't yeah. need like the Danny Ocean, like lay it, the lay old, it out. Like, okay, yeah. so we got a little bit, boom, which boom, is boom, like... Boom, 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 boom
Oh, no, you tell the plan and I'm going to sing under you. Oh, right. So when the elevator comes down, you're going to run around and I'm going to take a shiv. Um, yeah, no, exactly. So that was that was really exciting because I was like, oh, my God, wait, no, we're actually going to see this plan. And it's going to be great. And yes. of course, we know he gets out. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it, what, the thing is, it's highlighting the people around him and and yeah. how they affect him. And that's what this whole show has done. We know where Andor ends up, but showing how people are affecting him and how he's affecting others, what with this other layer of like really fascinating, uh, just like, um, what's the word for it? Like, uh, 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 like a noir or like a mystery or. Uh, yeah. Like what, a, not reconnaissance. Um, a, well, I can't uh, think of the word. I know. No, no. A, uh, what? Oh my God. Wow. Um, What's the word we're looking? Everyone listening is gonna be like, "It's this, it's this." And we're yeah, like, I don't- it's not infiltrating. It's not reconnaissance. It's, it's not, not noir. No, it's it's espionage. Espionage. Oh wow! A, a thousand Death Star bricks have been lifted off of my shoulders. Espi- exactly. Yeah, the espionage is spectacular in this. You know, Tinker Tailor Soldier Death Star. Um, <laughs> Which and Tony Gilroy, like this is his bag. This so, is his yeah. bag, baby. Um, and then. The next thing I would like to say. Are you moving on from the breakout? I was going to, if that's all right with you. Uh, you know, the only last things I want to say was I just thought that the aerial shot of the swimming away from the prison was mm. incredible. Yeah. Um, I also, is there anything else I wanted to say? I mean, I was just crying when he was like, when they were leaving the floors and when you finally understand why, like why the water is going to help. Yeah. This uh-huh. Shorts thing. it out. Yeah. Totally. It all came together. And I think the, the only, the only, like, I haven't really thought about what will happen to Andor. Oh, yeah, we didn't do a spoiler alert. But spoiler alert for Andor. I mean, for Rogue One. <laughs> and Andor. Um, okay, I didn't do a spoiler alert alert. I know. It's fine. It's fine. No, I mean, if you're listening to our instant reaction pods, I just don't know what you think will happen. But um, I was sad really really deeply sad for the first time in a while today thinking about what will happen to Cassian later because I know it's perfect and I know it makes sense and I know that he knows but it's just you see you just you're seeing what he's going through and you you just know that that's the exact same way but it will be him this time like and he doesn't even say I'll sacrifice myself like nobody's getting out of that planet so it's just, it was just really, really sad today when I thought about that after the episode. You know, now I'm sad. I didn't think about that. Like, I know how he ends, obviously. But, like, with that explosion and, you know, the Death Star on Scarif, which he's killed by the thing that he built, but he also is going to help to destroy it. Oh, God, I didn't um, even think about that. Um, And I think that that's, that's even sadder because I wasn't sad in, in that moment in Rogue One because I didn't get to know these characters well enough. And I know. It came out at a weird – it's like – do I got to think about that for a while. Would it have been better if this came out first? I just don't know yet. No, I don't – I don't – that's a that's a much larger question. I think the answer is no. Yeah. The oh, And then honestly, this is just general, but I think that that no more than 12 line – I didn't think I gave that enough – wait last week when we talked about it that line's going that's going in the top 10 star wars memorable like if you're playing a b-roll at like a sports game of like i don't know why they do this but of like star wars hype speeches like uh well this speech might go in actually the speech but if they're just doing one-liners 
This one's gonna. This one, good one. This one's on the That's list. That's a good one. It's a really good one. I mean, think of how excited you were when he said that. Very. The answer is very. All right. You may move on now from Narkina 5. Sure. Well, we've talked about Luthen and we've talked about Narkina 5. So I think it's only uh, cool to talk about. Um, only cool. Uh, Mon Mothma, who. In the this coolest episode, of cool. We learn a little bit more about her uh, house, that it's government issued, so she can't change a lot. But I'm assuming that a lot of the things we love about it are uh, her taste. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but something that I didn't expect from this TV show is a little bit of that hot D shit in here. <laughs> I was like, what am I watching? When he <laughs> proposes the fact that their kids like end up together to like sh- to strengthen the like the planet bloodline, essentially. Shendrillion line. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what am I watching? Is this Westeros? I mean, seriously. It was great. And that, first of all, in Genevieve O'Reilly, like you just have she all they do is sit in this incredibly, you know, submerged couch, which by the way is stunning design. Um the yeah, three of them are, are just sitting there. Conversation pits coming back, am I right? I mean, really? Like we haven't seen those since what, the 70s? Maybe. Um so like just flawless and socially distant on the couch, which I don't know, maybe that was on intentional, but like they don't even stand up. It's just, it's just remarkable. Um, I just, man, when you, when, when, I'd love to know like what their backstory is, but this, I don't know how this is going to shake out because they obviously leave the door open for her to accept this deal. Right. But at the same time, I don't see her doing it at all. Cause she basically outright refuses. And you can see she's like shaking she's visibly. Like seething. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I would never. But then I'm like, couldn't you just like, maybe it'll happen where she tells her daughter what it, what 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 they what wanted what was wanted to happen, and then her daughter will be like, I'll do it because I'm in the rebellion too. I think you're or being, something. I don't know. So I think you're being too optimistic. I think <laughs> that Damn it. I, there's something that's super cool about it that like this is the first time that she's faced with an actual like real decision that would impact her actions and her family at the same time. You know what I mean? And I think that like ethical question, because we have Luthen at the end of this episode talking about how he gave up everything, a family, love, sunsets, all of that just for this. And now she's at the precipice of like, am I now going to like barter with my family in order to achieve yeah. the things that need to be achieved to make sure that the empire no longer has a stronghold on all of us. You know what I mean? I know it. I, I just don't know. I don't know if she's there yet and I don't know if she'd be able to live with herself and we see her live with herself later. So uh, I just, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if there's going to be like a way to untangle that where it's not quite what we think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Lelucan, this show is always surprising us. So, it really is. The Luthen speech, just because you brought it up again, like, first of all, was that – I was just getting major cloak evocative of Vader. Were you? When um, he was standing on that – on the the plank? I got Imperial I, was, I mean, it really was just really evocative to me. I, yeah. I think you – 
think I'm surprised you're not saying immediately yes, but also I think if you just rewatch it, you'll be like, oh my God, like it's literally moving like Vader's cape. No, I did get that, but that's also just how capes move, like Krennic's cape and all that. Just a murder cloak. To me, I got more like high ranking Imperial with a cloak and a cape. Yeah. Um, Because like, how different are we? You know what I mean? And and he talks about that in that way, or he alludes to that in his speech. What does he say? Like he's, his his mind has like no sun and he sleeps with ghosts oh my god this the the writing is just so good (laughs) yeah it's spectacular spectacular um the only other thing i'd like to say in general is um yeah the comms were the same as uh a new hope uh in terms of when he's speaking into it like when uh han is like um we're fine here it's good we're fine you know luke we've got company you know, like, um, everything's fine. Yes. Um, same kind of comms. And it, it's just always cool to see, like, how something somebody, like, designed production-wise in 77 is, like, now, yeah. like, still alive and well in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I also just loved the use of the guards, too. Like, you know, we see them huddling at one point. Like, they're like, no. And, and that's believable to me. Like, you can't t- I I know that they're not all heroes. Yeah. And... And that's just, I love that. And the two guards that were like up in the head court, like the head room, the head room, whatever the hell it's called, uh, the bridge, um, the, the control room, they were like, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to die for this. No. Like they didn't ask for this either. So I don't know. I really thought they did a great, the actors did a really good job as well. Just, I don't know. They, they were really humanized and, um. It was the really rude ones, the ones that are ready to die for this. Like they got, they died. They're they got zapped and everything, so they're they're fine. Yeah, um, or they're not fine. But uh, yeah, I just it was just really believable. I don't know. It's so much more humanized than other Star Wars stuff that we've seen in this same situation. So I I really dug that as well. I mean, how do you think? So we do get a little bit on um, Ferrix with um you know her not being able to her like hiding the medicine and stuff like that marva yeah my my guess now is that like in these last two episodes like there's going to be some sort of he he has to go back to ferrix because he has to see marva again like cinta kind of needs to catch him i don't know what's going to happen per se like i know so and maybe he needs to see like a broken down fix but i I, there's got to be some sort of reunion there um and then i'm just curious as to what happens next he I know it was very, you know, in an episode that was so packed, it was, that was like a startling, not startling at the time, but when it was over, I was like, we, we just got one Ferrick scene and it yeah. was them walking through town talking about Marva, not even seeing Fiona Shaw and then Cinta seeing, seeing it happen. So there's definitely going to be, my guess is that we will see every, all the threads will collide, all the characters will tie up and probably cross paths in these final two episodes. I just feel like that's Tony Gilroy's style. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's he likes real tight storytelling. I think that that's definitely something to expect. Um, but I have no idea. I feel like there's something more Marva's going to do. Like, she's there's a reason. She's not just, like, going ornery and stubborn. Like, yeah. she's, she talks about that hotel and how she's trying to keep, like, the pathways open or, you know, she's trying to do her part for the rebellions. There's something, I feel like, that will be a final move from her. I don't know what to expect from Bix at this point. Uh, I feel so bad for her. I know, and 
Uh, Dedra, I don't know. I, I was so, I was focused on her for that scene, and then it turned out that it was Lonnie that we were supposed to be paying attention to. Yeah, I um, loved that. What a what a yeah. good um, uh, uh, kind of uh, expectation reset. Right, and great service in an elevator. <laughs> um, I thought that too. A very long elevator ride. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I. So where do you think this this the last two episodes will be in terms of? Like, do you think this is going to be, I don't know, do you think it's going to be a penultimate in the way that we're used to a really fierce penultimate? Or do you think it's going to be s- table setting, really good table setting for an act, an active finale? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I think that we'll get, I, I think it's going to be table setting for a finale. I think it'd be cool if at some point in here there was some sort of a uh, time jump. Because this whole, this whole season is supposed to take like a year-ish. I wonder if there would be a time jump at some point. Um, but, uh, I am to get you Mm. excited for season two, but I, I, I think it's going to somehow involve, um, how he gets back involved with Luthen and he's probably gonna do something with Marva and things of that nature. So I I think there's, there's going to be some sort of reconciliation to get him into the next phase. I'd be, I wouldn't want a time jump until maybe like the final scene, um, personally, but. I, I do think that with a lot of these characters, this isn't, we're not meant to follow up with them forever. I feel like they all know that the end, like this could be the last time that Luthen ever sees Lonnie, the last time Lonnie ever sees Luthen, and they both might even know that. Right. So that part's interesting thinking about what the last time these characters will see each other will be before something bigger happens. Um, but man, I haven't been this excited for an episode weekly. I want to say since... Loki. Interesting. Here's another thing. I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm, I'm a Disney Plus show. I'm trying to think. What about you? Um, I I don't know. That's a good question. Like when I had the urge to text you today, like happy Andor Day, that's because I was well, I had just watched it. So first of all, I was like just riding high. And I it was like at six in the morning or seven in the morning. But Additionally, I would have done that if I had remembered even earlier when I woke up, but I haven't really felt the urge to like rejoice. It's Wednesday since Loki, honestly, for me. Sure. Okay. That's fair. Um, uh, Yeah. I don't know what mine is. I'd have really to think about that. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. And something else that I'll add here also is that with this show, um, I think that the moment with Kino and the, like, I can't swim. I'm sad all over again. I know. Sorry. was just, no, it's just so good. I, 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 that's a great, you said something before. We're like, we're not spent. We're, we're following Cassian through all of this. He's like meeting people and then they're falling off or dying or whatnot. And I, I just imagine Kino was one of the people that influences him that we may not see again. Like, we didn't need to see him die. It's not important. We know that, like, he's in a big bit of trouble there. But it's important of how he affected Cassian. And and I would love Cass- to see Circus again. But, like, if we don't, I'm very happy with how that segment ended with him. I don't think it's a far cry to say that uh, uh, Kino, Circus's Kino, his sacrifice will be the first, if not, I don't know, one of three in three or four seasons that we're getting three seasons that we're getting in the show or two or whatever it is just two 
two that or four years or whatever it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. This will be. This is a sacrifice that will influence his own. Sure. Knowing that you it's have to do mission. what you have to do yeah. for the world, even if you're not going to make it out. Yeah. Totally. So I don't that what you just said is is spot on, even in terms of changing him for what we know he will do. Totally. Ugh. So good. Well, nerds, the floors are cold. We hope you had as much fun as we did, and we hope you'll join us Friday for our instant reactions to Wakanda Forever. And then next week we'll be back with episode eleven of Andor. As a small universe in a multiverse of other nerdverses, the subscriptions, follows, and reviews are super important for us to grow. So be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. We thank you so much for listening and for following along. Please keep telling all your nerdy friends about us. And remember, one way out.